0: You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Balkum as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and welcome to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Today, I want to talk about two very specific modes that often get couples in trouble. In fact, These are probably the two clearest places that couples find themselves in a marriage mess along the way. Let me say that we're backing up for a moment. This isn't necessarily about how to get out of a troubled relationship as much as how to understand how it got there, which creates an understanding of how to go to that next level. And it also helps you if you're finding yourself at a place where your marriage isn't quite where you want it to be. It gives you an idea of how to move forward with this. These are two modes. That's what I call them, kind of mental modes or relational modes that relationships get into. And when they get there, they get into so much trouble. And, and here's the problem. These are recurring themes I see in marriage. Over the, over the years that I worked with couples, I, I worked with, have worked with couples for now almost three decades. And over those years, I see these as the consistent beginning points to trouble. Now, after this, after you get into these modes, there can be lots of other circumstances that come in, but these are two places where I see repeatedly couples finding themselves stuck. And here's the sad part it's completely innocent. They didn't even know that there was something about this, they didn't, in one of the modes, they didn't even understand what it was about. In the other mode, they thought that they were doing the right thing and then found themselves in the trouble. So these two modes are pause mode and me mode. Let's start with the pause mode. I often talk about the fact that there is no such thing as a pause button in a marriage. You can't hit pause. You, you can't find that pause button no matter what's going on in your life. You can't just hit pause Because you can't do that in relationships. We talk about the lifeblood of a marriage, and that lifeblood is connection. It's the feeling of being connected with your spouse, and and there are three levels to that connection. I I talk about this in uh, my book, How to Save Your Marriage in Three Simple Steps. Those three different types of connection are physical connection, emotional connection, and spiritual connection. The physical connection is that touch, that place of touch where you, you know, you're up against each other. I'm not talking just about sex, although I include that. It's more than that. The times when you're holding hands, when you're patting each other, when you're rubbing each other's backs and neck, when you're just touching each other, there's a physical connection. And it's, it's bound in our humanity that we as humans are wired for that type of connection. And it's, it's very primal. You, know, you can be going through a tough time and having someone just pat you on the back can make a huge difference. Getting a big hug can make a huge difference. Think about how it feels when someone you haven't seen for a while comes to you and you just have that overwhelming need, that urge to hug them. Well, that feeling you have is based in your wiring for that physical connection. The other area of connection is emotional connection, and that's where you feel like your your spouse gets you that that you're on the same wavelength. You know, we talk about simpatico, being at that same thought pattern of of just understanding each other. And and sometimes it's spoken. You know, you have to hear about someone's bad day and be able to say, Yeah, I get that. Wow, that sounds like a rotten day. And sometimes it's kind of unspoken, sitting in silence, just with each other in those difficult times. It's it's all about that emotional feeling that you're available for each other that you're listening to each other and that you're attending to each other. And then there's the spiritual connection, which is where you talk about your hopes and your dreams, maybe even your fears and and your concerns, but certainly those places where you want to move into. This is where couples connect early on about those, where you want to go in life. You know, you share those big life goals, your bucket list or your life list, maybe your aspirations in your career. And you feel that deep connection that, wow, this person, you know, they're so amazing. And We get that from the spiritual connection. Now that connection is something that has to be nurtured. And if it's not nurtured, it begins to fall apart. So a connection is either growing or declining. It's either growing or receding. It's never static. And that's why the pause mode is so difficult. Now, when people get married, they they can't imagine a point when they might want to put this on pause, and then somewhere along the way, other things pull at them. Maybe it's kids. Maybe it's career. Maybe it's more schooling or activities or friends or interest. But for some reason, lots of couples think that they can just kind of put it on pause. The kids and career are two big ones. You, you, you just decide that your hands are full with those kids and you'll get back to the marriage sometime down the road or maybe the career path, you know, really is, is taking it out of you and you've only got so much time and you got to keep charging ahead to get there. And so you think you put your your relationship on pause and, and you'll come back to it later on. And what many couples find to their surprise and, and amazement is that when they come back to it, it's, it's not there. The connection isn't on pause. All along, the connection has been waning, has been decreasing, has been receding away, and suddenly there's no connection. It's not that there is you know, this frozen place of connection. There is simply no connection. Think about it in terms of other things in your life. You know, If you have been physically fit at some point and then you stop exercising, it's not like you're putting your, your body's health on pause. It's not like you're putting your body's being in shape on pause it's either you're getting in better and better shape or it's receding. When I was in college, I got in the habit one summer of running and biking and I carried that over into my uh, school year. I'd gone away for a summer. It was a tough summer on a job and the only way I could get relief from this was to run the country roads and bike the back country roads where I was living and it gave me a relief. So when I came back to campus, I kept that up and my physical fitness was getting better and better and I kept it up until I came to graduate school. And at graduate school, you know, I let everything else get in the way. I'd just gotten married. I had graduate school to attend to. And so I kind of stopped doing that. Every now and then I would kind of get back into exercise. I'd play some racquetball or I'd do something active and I would gain a little bit, but I never made it the habit. I put it on the back burner. I figured, you know, after graduate school, I'd come back to it. Then after graduate school, I was busy with career and I didn't come back to it. And then one day, I got sick and realized how far I had allowed my health to drop. It wasn't that the health was waiting for me to come back to. It had completely declined. So I got back into shape over a lot of difficulty. I had to rebuild very slowly. And what I've noticed is a lot of times when people realize that they're not where they want to be in their uh, their being in shape, they do one of two things. They either continue not being in shape and they justify it, you know, like, oh, I'm just getting older. You're, you can't expect that from somebody older. Or they jump in full force. It's usually one or the other. There's, there's no middle ground. There's no warming up. They just go full force or they just wait. And sometimes I talk to people who go in full force, and I can tell them what's going to happen. You know, they go in, they don't exercise for 10, 15 minutes to try to get those muscles used to moving again. They go in and they do every muscle group, max it out, and three days later, they're done, right? Their body won't move. They can't even make a, a, a slight difference, and, and so they give up again. Then there are some who figure out their system who decide to ease back into it, who decide to get back to a place of being in shape. But more often, it's one of those other two. Well, think about it in terms of your activities, right? Maybe you had an interest and and you were pretty good. Maybe you played a musical instrument when you were a child, or maybe you spoke a foreign language, or like me, maybe you did magic or some other activity that required some, some skills, some agility. And while you were young, you kept it up and then you, you stopped, you know, maybe something else got in the way and you set it aside. My guess is if you came back to it, you couldn't just pick it up and, and do it as well. Sure. If you play guitar for years, you might be able to pick it up and, you know, pick out a tune or um, for me, I can always go back and do uh, some bits of magic, but the, the, really the, the ones that are, were difficult sleight of hand, I kind of lost that skill because I didn't keep practicing it. It's that thing about our our body, our brain, where if we're not using it, we lose it. That's it. You use it or lose it, and it's the same with connection. You either use it or lose it. You either build on it or it's in decline. And the same thing tends to happen when couples come back to this. They often realize that they put their, their whole uh, relationship on pause. Maybe the kids, you know, they're waiting for them to get self-sufficient. And then the kids are self-sufficient and they look at each other and they can't figure out what to do. Maybe the kids are, it's out time for them to leave for college or, or move away, move out of the house. And suddenly you have a couple who's not sure how to relate because they didn't do it along the way. Or maybe you get to a point in your career where you finally have achieved what you want to. And then you don't know what to do with your spouse. That's what happens when we hit the pause on a relationship. So let's talk a little bit about me mode before we come back to the both of them. Me mode is really just a misunderstanding. It's a, you, we, we are raised in a culture, especially in a Western culture, that believes that you've got to take care of yourself. You know, you've got to stand on your own two feet and be that rugged individual and make it on your own. Don't let people tell you what to do. You do it on your own. And then you marry somebody, somebody that you've pledged your life together with. You've created a whole other idea about your relationship. And the problem is you don't do that until you get married, until you're in that commitment. You don't do it while you're dating. There's always a you and a me in dating. I'm trying to win that other person over. I'm trying to make sure that they love me and I'm trying to show my love, right? That's a you and me. And sometimes we carry that in the marriage. We didn't hear the words of that ceremony where we're now a team. We're t- now a unit. We're now, as, as many, uh, many religions talk about, one flesh, being a unit, a team, in it together. And because we don't understand that, we don't step into it. It's, it's a simple switch, but we don't know to make it. I didn't say it was an easy switch. I said it's a simple switch because as I talk to most people, they understand it. You're talking about going from me and you to we. That doesn't mean you give up yourself. It doesn't mean that you're, you're part of a big conglomerate. In fact, we works best when two very good me's come together and say, let's bring our best selves, our best strengths to this, and let's continue going forward with a mindset that we are in this together. It's not about we're just one big unit, but we bring our best selves to this and we're in it together. There's a problem, though, if you don't cross that threshold, if you don't make it there, me and you will inevitably become me versus you. That's what happens in an intense personal relationship. It becomes me versus you because suddenly you're asking questions about what am I getting out of this? Why do I have to do these things? How am I going to move forward? How am I going to get what I want? How am I going to see my life move forward? It's a power struggle. That's at the root of it. It's a power struggle. And any time a couple comes to my office and I watch and see them in a power struggle, I know that they haven't made the move to we. It's a mindset shift, but they haven't made it. There are some areas that you can look around and ask, how have I made it to we or how did we miss that? Those areas in particular are money, parenting, decision-making, and sex. Because all of them require a mindset. Think about money. How many arguments between couples are about your money or my money? How are we going to spend your money? How am I going to spend my money? Rather than saying our money, our resource. As I've talked with couples before they got married, in their premarital sessions, I often go over money so often because it's a place where they can practice being a we. And I'll ask them how they're going to do their money. And many times, the way they're setting it up perpetuates the your money, my money. They come up with lots of different formulas on on percentages that should go in and percentages that are held out or how many accounts they have to have and how they're going to put a check in and lots of different iterations. In the end, what's less important is how they do it. And what's more important is how they think about what they're doing. In any family, there are resources coming in, financial resources coming in, and financial resources going out. That's the flow. In any way, we divide it internally is false. Because in our minds, we can divide it out, but in reality, there's only that much resource. And so when we get ourselves caught up into these arguments, about how we spend the money. We're doing what uh, psychologists call mental accounting. We're making accounting thoughts, decisions about the divisions where there aren't any really. So that that's, money is one of those indicators of whether you're at that place of being a we. Parenting is another. This isn't like we both parent the exact same way, but we are parenting together. We have a common goal. We might go about it slightly differently. In fact, I would guarantee you're gonna go at it a little bit differently. You might have some basic ideas of things you will and won't do, but how it comes out particularly is about two individuals. But I watch many couples fight each other over me versus you in parenting rather than saying, we have this common goal of getting this child to being a a productive adult. And so parenting ends up being a place where it's not about the kid, but about the power struggle between a couple or in decisions, Maybe there's a job that has to be decided upon, or a place to move that has to be decided upon, or a house to buy, or a car to buy, or lots of other of those big decisions in life, and the struggle is, what are you going to get out of it, and what am I going to get out of it? How are you going to get an advantage, or how am I going to get an advantage? How am I going to lose out? How are you going to lose out? Rather than asking the question, what's the best for us? How do we make this decision as the third option? What do I get? What do you get? And then what do we get as the third option in decision making? And many times that third option completely changes how you think about the decision. If you're looking at a job, would it be best for me? Would it be best for you? But what would be best for us? That changes the whole equation. Or how about sex? Many times couples come in arguing about that and you know a lot of the argument is forgetting that it's about two people coming together, of really joining together in such intimacy that they really are one unit at that moment, and instead they battle about about who's getting what and who's not getting what and how they're doing things and all of those other details that are really ways of having power struggles, not solving the connection that comes out of that. We always get caught in that, that power struggle unless we make the change. So let's talk about how you move out of this. Let's first talk about that pause connection or the pause mode. When you're in pause mode, the way you come out of it is to realize you can't continue the pause, right? If you continue the pause, you only stay stuck. Nor can you jump in full bore. Those are the two big mistakes I watch people make. They stay disconnected. And so they never rectify the situation at all. And so a disconnected relationship will only become more disconnected. The other is that somebody figures out that something's wrong, and so they jump in with connection full force and completely do the same thing as if you exercise full force. Three days later, everybody's burned out and tired and hurting and not willing to move forward. Sometimes when you change the dance, you have to do it gradually. It's part of what I, I talk about in my Save the Marriage system is how you move back towards that connection. You've got to have a plan on how you move forward with that connection piece by piece. Otherwise, it begins to be overwhelming to the system and you can't get off of that pause mode. How do you do the we? How do you go from me mode to we mode? It's understanding. Mindset is the biggest piece. And then to be constantly asking the question, where am I playing me? You can't make your spouse step into this. You have to step into we first. In fact, my whole theory is based on how you get to we. That's, that's the whole goal of my program. How do you get to that place where you feel like you're in it together and the beginning point is for one person to say, I will step into we. I will look at my decisions. I will look at my thought processes. I will look at my uh, way of interacting and I'm gonna go from me to we. I'm going to make decisions based on we. And then you begin to activate it in the marriage. Okay, so now you know the two modes that tend to get most couples in trouble, the pause mode and the me mode. And you also know the beginning points of how to get out of that. Now, it's a very simple process, remember, but not an easy process because you're having to break some habits. You're having to move in different directions. And by the way, if habits is an issue for you, please check out my Thrivology podcast because we're doing a series on habits and how you build those habits and how you change those habits, how you make some linchpin habits. So you can check that out at ThrivologyPodcast.com. That's ThrivologyPodcast.com. And if you find yourself suddenly going, wow, we've been in in pause mode or me mode, our marriage, I invite you to join me in the Save the Marriage System. It's the program designed to help you break both of those modes by getting back to connection and by getting to that place of being a we. This is Lee Balcom wishing you the best as you work to rebuild your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.